Hi, my friends, and welcome to Coach Boss Energy. This is the podcast for new and aspiring coaches who are ready to level up in their business and lean into their authority as a badass coach and CEO. I'm your host, Lindsay Sacco, your pocket-sized MBA with five years of consulting and coaching experience, and I'm ready to get real and raw about it all. From launching a coaching business that's set up to scale to growing your business to those shiny, consistent 10K months and beyond, I'm sharing everything. So cozy in and let's get to business. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of Coach Boss Energy. Hello, hello, welcome back. Last week, we talked all about turning your story into a profitable coaching niche, and it was a blast. Well, at least for me, it was a blast because I get super jazzed talking all things niche and getting you super clear on your unique point of view and story. So I loved that, and I believe that it's the perfect way to start this entire podcast because without your story, without the powerful transformation that you're hoping to get others you don't have a coaching business. So I'm super glad that we got clear on that last week. And today I want to talk all about the next logical step after you found your niche. And that's getting clear on your ideal coaching client who needs to hear your story and who needs to get that transformation that only you can help them with. So today we're going to break down not only how to tell if your ideal client avatar or your ICA, which we'll define shortly here, uh, is specific enough to build a profitable coaching business around, but I also want to help you narrow in on and define your ICA if you're struggling to do that in the first place or if you're realizing maybe the reason why you've been struggling to book clients is because you're not exactly sure who those clients are supposed to be yet. So whether you already have an ICA and you want to just gut check and kind of audit it or you don't have an ICA at all, you're starting from zero, or you're juggling a couple different ideas and you're not sure which one's best for you, I have something for both of you. So we're going to start with the audit process. And by the way, if you don't know your ICA yet, these questions that I'm about to show you in this audit process are going to be the perfect questions to ask yourself once you've kind of landed on a rough idea of who your ICA is and you want to gut check to make sure that you're on the right track. So there's a ton of goodness here. I'm going to break it all down. But I I always like to start with the basics because I want to throw in a definition here to make sure that we're all on the same page. And I said before, I'm going to define ICA, so here it comes. An ideal client avatar is a profile that you put together that describes in super specific detail exactly who you serve. Now, I would like to make an important distinction here, if you'll allow me, that not a ton of coaches actually highlight, and that is that your ICA, your ideal client avatar, is first and foremost your yardstick by which you measure all of your major decisions in your business. And right now I'm realizing (laughs) there's probably people listening who do not use the wacky American measuring system, so... It could be your your meter stick. I don't know. Whatever other version it is and anything else that you can measure your all of your business decisions against and make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're serving who they're supposed to be serving. Okay, that was a weird tangent. But the first job of your ICA is to serve as that guidepost. The second job of your ICA is it serves as the inspo to craft all your messaging, right? So it speaks directly to your ideal coaching client. So using this 
particular ICA as the inspiration for every single thing you create in your business is super powerful and that's kind of its second job. What it is not, and this is the piece that I want to distinguish here, what it is not is a barricade preventing you from working with people outside of that ICA. I want to make this really clear because when I have gotten pushback in the past from previous clients who I worked with who didn't want to get specific about their ICA, it's usually because they didn't want to limit themselves or appear exclusive or, you know, make a client believe that they weren't willing to work with them. So the best way that I can explain this is think about your favorite clothing store. They make products, they design commercials and ads, and they choose models based on the target customer or ideal client avatar that they have in mind, right? Because without that, they'd have absolutely no clarity and no creative direction when making their products or designing their campaigns, right? But if someone outside of that key demographic walked in and wanted to buy something because that marketing, that messaging, and those products really spoke to them, they're not going to turn them down, right? You're not going to bring your shirt up to the to the cash register and someone be like, oh, well, you're not a millennial uh, woman who's, you know, interested in social justice, so I'm not going to sell this to you. Like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> also, that's a really random ICA for a clothing store. But either way, That's not the point of the ICA, right? The ICA, like I said, first and foremost, is that guidepost. Secondly, it's the inspiration. And what it is not is some sort of barricade kind of preventing you from working with that that, person outside of that. Now, as a service-based business, especially if you're doing one-on-one coaching, the decision to work with someone outside of your ICA is entirely yours. But the point is you're speaking to the one person that you want to help. And your ICA is that guidepost, compass, yardstick, meter stick, whatever you want to say. And it isn't meant to make you feel trapped or limited. Okay, so that I just like wanted to get that cleared out of the way immediately before we start digging into the good stuff because I don't want you to feel any resistance throughout the rest of this process of forming your ICA because it is that important to the success of your business. And trust me when I say there is not a single successful coaching business out there or really any business for that matter, doesn't matter what industry it's in, that doesn't have a super awesome ICA. This is essential. This is like fundamentals 101 intro. You got to have this. But the hard part is that it's not necessarily super easy to do this. So it's key to making a really successful business, but it's not necessarily the easiest thing to do. So we're going to go over exactly how to do this right now. So there are five questions that I put together that you can ask yourself to see if your ICA is narrow enough to actually serve as a really strong compass for you, that really strong inspiration you can use to create everything in your business. The first question I recommend asking is, can you picture one specific face and name when thinking of your ICA? Now, I'm super serious about this, right? The word avatar in everyday life is used to describe that little picture or icon on social media and across all these other platforms. And with that, you have your name or your screen name or your handle or whatever. But that avatar kind of serves as the mini representation, that icon of who you are. Your ICA serves the same purpose, but in your business. So you've got to have that all of that same goodness, all that same shiz. 
I have a friend whose ICA is named Sheila. She has like a little picture associated with that that woman. I have the same for my business. Obviously, name's not Sheila. Mine's name is Haley. And that name and picture is printed out on my desk so that I have a dose of inspo when I create for my business. Everything I create is for either that Sheila, the Haley, the Sophia, the Jasmine, the Tamara, literally whatever name is, plug in whatever name suits your ICA. Whatever that person is, whoever they are, they are the inspo for it all, right? My entire business is for them. It's so important. So if you don't have a specific name and face, you got to find one. That's the goal here. And I don't just want you to pull it kind of out of nowhere. Really spend some time thinking about a specific person who it's based on. And it is totally okay to get a little creepy and base it off of a real person. In fact, I don't even want to say it's a little okay. Like it is, that is what you should be doing. You want to base this on a real person because at the end of the day, your business can't serve some sort of fake person you created in your mind. It has to serve someone who's real, who's facing a real problem that you're helping with. All right, mine is based off of a friend and she's the exact woman that I want to work with and I want to help. Yours should be too. If it's not based on a friend, it's based on a previous client. I'm going to literally talk through three different ways that you can find yours if you're if you're lacking some inspo right now and we'll talk about that in the second half here but for now take what you have think of a name think of a face think of some inspiration and make sure that person that name that face all represent a real person who is struggling with an issue that you know you can help with and who represents someone that you are excited to work with that you wake up in the morning excited to help serve and work with you know that's so important. And if you're really struggling to do this, if, if you can't think of a single name or face or having a hard time narrowing down to just one, that's the first sign that your ICA might be too broad and that you're lacking clarity on exactly who that one person is. And if that's what you, no worries, there's a fix for that and we're going to get there soon. Okay, now second question to ask yourself is, does your ICA capture less than 20% of the population? Honestly, I should make this like 10% or even smaller, but I'm going to start by giving you something a little bit easier, 20%. We do not want a broad ICA because broad ICAs that apply to everyone make it really hard to do the next few steps that we're going to talk about, steps three, four, and five, which are all about getting specific about your client avatar. And I think it it goes without saying that getting really specific about a super broad category is kind of an oxymoron. Just it it doesn't work. It's super hard to do. You're going to find a ton of resistance while you're trying to do it. So I want you to ask yourself if your ICA covers too many people and whether there is an obvious place for you to quickly narrow it down. Now, I want to give you some examples of categories of ICAs that are just a bit too broad. Okay, I'm going to start with one, moms. There are a lot of coaches who work with moms. And let me just tell you, moms is like, that covers like half of the world, I swear. Like, this is a lot of people. A lot of people are moms. And there's tons of variants within there, right? If you can imagine a mom who uses one set of words, one set of language, and a mom who uses a completely different set already, you can see why it would be so challenging to use the ICA of moms to inspire anything, right? We got to get a little more specific than that. But I want to say here, a lot of people think, okay, well, I'm going to go specific. I'll say busy moms. I want to tell you, literally what mom isn't busy? 
<laughs> this qualifier does not actually narrow it down. And for that matter, using the word busy, like I, I don't know if I know a single person who hasn't told me at one point in their life that things are just busy. What does that word mean? Like who isn't busy? I think all of us think that we're busy. So I'm going on a little rant here, but the point I'm trying to make here is when you're the first step, when you're taking this first step to kind of narrow it down, if you're realizing, oh yeah, I think, I think my ICA is too, too broad. Make sure that you're thinking of qualifiers that actually narrow and they don't just describe, okay? Those, those are the two different, the, the distinction that I want to make. And that's such like a nuanced distinction. But describing just puts more detail to the same group. Narrowing creates a funnel effect and starts closing in on a more specific person within that broader category that you just identified. So when you're thinking here, don't just try to describe what they are or who they are. Try to get really specific within that group and narrow in. Okay, let's give some other examples. Millennials, okay, that's too big. Too big. Millennial women even is too big. Ambitious women. Again, ambitious is a little bit less of a qualifier because sure, there are people who aren't ambitious, but at the end of the day, like these, that language doesn't, it's not, an, it's not a universal kind of descriptor right? Ambitious to one person looks different than it, than it does to another person. So, so when we're trying to get more specific on our niche, we're making sure that we're using words that narrow the group into a smaller category and we're avoiding language that isn't universal. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you're saying that you are a corporate executive like we all know what a corporate executive is. Maybe there's a teeny bit of variance between whether that includes SVPs or VPs or whatever. But at the end of the day, you can kind of self-select into that group because you know what it means to be, you know, a corporate executive. Um, if someone said, you know, a new or aspiring coach, again, that is a very specific group of people. It is a small niche. And on top of that all, it's a qualifier that you know when you are that and you know when you're not because that word doesn't doesn't resonate with you. So that's the kind of goal here. And so all of the examples that I just said, right, moms, busy moms, millennials, millennial women, ambitious women, none of these are specific enough because I can already off the bat think of multiple people within each of those categories who have nothing in common with each other aside from the fact that they are those identifiers. They are a millennial woman or they are a busy mom. So if I'm trying to craft a message for that person that speaks directly to them, I'm going to feel a lot of stress, resistance. Nothing's going to really flow because I have conflicting and competing ideas of what that person says, how that person speaks in my mind because I have so many different ideas because that, that ICA just isn't clear enough. So think of your ICA and be honest with yourself. Are you being specific enough? Are the qualifiers that you're using to try to get more specific actually narrowing it down? Or is it just describing that same group of people and not serving as a good kind of barometer to, to, get, to close the gap and get more specific? Okay, so that's question two and a super important one at that. That's probably going to be the hardest one to get through and you're really going to have to be critical with yourself, uh, which I know can be hard. I know can be hard. Um, but let's move on to question three, which is, can you describe in super great detail their interests and hobbies? So I'm talking like what they eat for breakfast, what do they read, 
What influencers do they follow? Which news outlets are they on? What are they doing on the weekend? What's their lifestyle like? Right? Who's in their life? I want you to know them this well. Like this is like BFF status, but I want you to get there. And if you're not sure about these things, I want you to just start by painting a picture based on some educated assumptions, right? Because I think you, you at least know some stuff about them and you can kind of picture what their life might be like. But I'd like you to at least at the very bare minimum, create a profile that has some personality to it based on those educated assumptions. And we'll talk about some ideas and how you can inject that with research and data to really get it perfect and make sure that the entire ICA is is built on some proof. But for now, right, start with some assumptions that are based on some pretty good educated guesses. And with this, I want you to allow yourself to just free think, free associate. I think a really great way to do this is to sit down with a journal or piece of paper, or if you have to, if you're a typer like me and just struggle to write with pen and paper, sit down with a computer and just write for 15, 20, 30 minutes without interrupting yourself, without editing, going back, and then just see what comes from that. Like, see how you've painted the picture. Try to create a story. And if nothing's coming to mind, close your eyes and picture that person sitting kind of on the kitchen floor, like that that kitchen floor moment in despair and what's running through their mind, right? What What do they want to have? What do they wish they had? And then picture them on a weekend. What are they doing? Like painting kind of that, that mental picture in your head and then turning that, using that inspiration kind of in a free association writing type of way to build a profile that makes some sort of sense to you and starts to inspire some creation for your business. To me, that is, that is the single best way to kind of get everything that's floating on in your mind on a piece of paper. And once you have that, it's so much easier to... It's so much easier to kind of test those assumptions and build kind of the fact and the research into it and tweak it and alter it to perfect it than it is to just start from scratch. So now is, now is your chance to do this and start to get really specific about who exactly your ICA is and what their personality is, right? Injecting some personality into that, which ultimately will just help you inject personality into your brand. Uh, which is, that's the goal at the end of the day, right? You want to have fun with this and you want it to stand out in a sea of kind of cookie cutter coach businesses. Cool. Okay. So let's move on to question four. And I want you to see if you can imagine the exact words, phrases, and language that your customer uses, your ideal client avatar uses when they're talking about their problems. So taking away all the jargon that you might use as an expert, what kind of phrases, what kind of words do does your client use to describe kind of how they relate to the problem that you solve, the problem that, that you are in, right? That industry that you're working within. How do they speak, right? You want to be able to meet them where they're at and speak in a way that makes them feel like you get them, like you're part of their crew And this comes from using language, right? Words, phrases, all of that stuff that makes sense to them and has a common meaning between everyone who falls under your ICA. So the best way to do this is to just do some research. Keep a running doc of words and phrases that your ICA uses so that you can literally swipe them from your for your own. Like literally, there is absolutely no shame 
in the copy game here. In fact, having these exact words and language that come directly from your customer can help you create something that's actually going to serve them better, that meets them exactly where they're at. So you're doing them a disservice by not listening when they speak up to you and turning around and doing something with those words and language. So that's the name of the game here. Listen, 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 jot it all down, keep track of it, and use it anytime you're writing to them, anytime you're creating an offer or anything for your business, right? You're swiping as much as you possibly can because it helps you and it helps them. Okay, we're on number five now, which is awesome. We're cruising. So number five, the last, last, last question I want to ask you, you want you to ask yourself is, do you know how your ICA defines success? If you can't narrow down to one single definition of success that everyone in your ICA can get behind, it's going to be really challenging to sell your offer, which at the end of the day is all about giving them a powerful transformation. And that transformation is supposed to take them to their paradise, from their problem to their paradise, which is their version of success, right? This version of success that they've been trying to achieve and without your help, they've been struggling to get there. So if you don't have that really common, uh, really clear common idea of what success means across all of your ICA and you're not able to use that language to reflect it back to them, then they're not going to necessarily know what you can do for them, or why they should care about your offer and your help. So getting really, really clear on that definition of success is super, super powerful. And when you layer that on with all of the other points that we've just talked about, especially the last one about using their language, then you've got every single little building block that you need to create literally anything in your business. I'm pretty sure I've used that phrase like 18 times already, but that's how powerful it is. And if you walk away with literally nothing other than one learning from this podcast, I want it to be that your ICA and having super, super, super laser focused clarity on exactly who it is will literally do half of the work, I don't know, maybe 75% of the work, I'm just throwing out numbers here, but it will do a majority of the work for you because you'll have everything that you need to just plug and play and create. So when it comes to, when we're coming back to this fifth question, right, when it comes to defining success, when you know what success, success looks like for them, for your ICA in the context of the work that you do, and you can get super clear on this, you're gonna be golden you are literally going to be set. So that's the first step. And that's what we what I called the ICA audit. So you just went through your own ICA and if you have one and started to audit whether it was specific enough to really build a profitable business on. And if you don't have an ICA, I would love if you use those questions as a starting place to kind of guide what kind of information you need to lean on moving forward, what kind of information you need to start gathering moving forward, and then use that, come back to it once you have some sort of idea or an outline of your ICA put, put in place so that you have something to kind of give you a gut check. So now that we covered that, I would love to speak to the people who are here who are thinking... I have zero clue who I want to work with or the people who are sitting there thinking I have like seven different types of customers that I work with right now or seven different types of people that I would love to work with and I'm not sure which one is the best idea for me to pursue. If either of those are you or if you're just looking to kind of start back from the basics, take take a beat, take a pause, go back 
to the drawing board and just start from scratch to really make sure you're building this up the right way the first time, then these next questions are going to be really helpful for you. Or they're not questions, actually. They're prompts. So so I have three main ways that I tell my clients to look for an ICA. And we're going to talk about each and every one of these ways. And the first one is for is for you if you've already had a client in the past uh, that you've loved working with. So the first way that you can land on your ICA is to just use experience. So think of a client that you've had in the past. Think of your absolute favorite one that you've ever had. And write down literally everything that you can think about them. Their interests, their demographic info like age, gender, or anything else that falls into that category that matters to you and your industry. And then sprinkle in some of the psychographic stuff. So this is defined like their values, their attitudes, aspirations, right? Some of the more intangibles, the stuff that kind of lives in their brain, all of that. Think about it all and then write it all down. Make a, make a huge bullet point list, whatever you need to do, wherever you need to throw it. Get it all on a piece of paper. Then think about what you loved about them and put emphasis on those key aspects, Right? So not every single thing that you're going to write about them is going to create an ICA or lead to an ICA. But the things that really matter, the, the emphasis that you want to place are on the things that really got you excited to work with them. So kind of highlight those particular pieces of their kind of personality and persona and put special emphasis on that. And then here we're going to go back to step one. I want you to write their name, grab a picture of them. I know that sounds creepy, but I'm telling you, you got to do it. And then you have your ICA, right? You have a ton of info from just that. And of course, you can dig in, try to find other people that fit that ICA and then start doing some research to to beef up what you know, especially if you're not, if you don't know everything about them or you don't know as much as you'd love to know to kind of build an ICA. But you have a really, really good starting point to, to kind of work from. But I do get that not everyone is starting out with clients. Not everyone listening to this has had clients before. And even if you have had clients, maybe you haven't had any clients that you really loved, that you really liked working with, that you'd consider your dream client. If that's you, then there's a couple different ways that you can go about finding some inspiration for an ideal client avatar uh, instead. So one of those ways, way number two here, is to think of a friend, acquaintance, a follower, an internet person that you wish was your client. And, you know, maybe this is someone you've been trying to sell to, but nothing's come of it. Or maybe it's a friend of yours that's totally, you know, the exact person that you would love to work with. Um, Or maybe it's someone that's in your network loosely that either you follow or they follow you that seems to be a really good fit on paper and pull inspo from them, right? Dig into their story, figure out what their name is, what what you know about them, and fill in as much as you can about that ICA. This is a really good option here because most of us, even if we've never gotten a client, have some sort of idea of the person that we'd love to work with. And sometimes we just need to put a face to that to start making all of the kind of specific stuff, all of the nitty gritty stuff more concrete. So that might start just from a dose of inspiration you have that totally exists in your head. But then I want you to put that to to reality by thinking of someone in your sphere, in your circle that fits that bill really well and use that to kind of be a place where you, you 
source some information. And if there are holes, right, if there are things that you just don't know about them, see if you can reach out to them and, you know, purely for research purposes with no intention of selling, just get to know them, their language, their definition of success, right, all of that stuff that's really helpful for you to know when you're building your ICA. Okay, so there's one last method to find your ICA and it's super similar to the last one, but I call this one the copycat method because this is uh, this has you looking to a competitor that is further along than you, uh, but serves an audience that you really resonate with, that you could totally see yourself working with um, as well. And from there, you're really just going to ask yourself, what do I know about their audience? What how specific can you get about their interests, their de- the demographic, the values, the attitudes, right? All that psychographic stuff. And then figure out where the gaps are. And where there are gaps, you're going to pick a follower that kind of embodies that audience, their audience, which honestly might require some time and energy for you sifting through, looking at who engages with their, their content, who shows up on their posts, like someone that you really see popping up over and over again that really feels like an ideal client to you. And you can do the exact same thing that that I said in kind of the last step, which is reaching out, see if you can do some market research purely, again, with no intention of selling, purely for market research purposes, just to gain more information about them, right? And this might take a little bit of time to get used to and get practice in, but this is so key and so important because especially when you're doing these second two, you might be relying on Uh, broader sweeping assumptions or a a less robust kind of set of data that you know about this person. And as we talked about before, right, the more specific you can get with your ICA, the much better setup you are to sell, sell, sell. So if you're using one of these second two methods and you're finding that there are just some gaps in that, do what you can to reach out, get that research in, and fill those gaps in with really, really, really good, juicy information that can help you speak to that customer, that ideal client avatar better. Okay. So use one of these three methods to get yourself a starting point for your ICA. Then use those first five questions that we talked about to really audit your process and make sure that it's specific. Because that, that, that's where we're walking away here with with a really specific, really clear ICA, not an idea, not kind of a template, but a super specific custom ICA that fits your business exactly how you want to see it, who you want to serve, um, and who you know you can help. And just a super, super important point I want to make here before I put the mic down, uh, your future clients won't know you're talking to them unless they hear their voice in your message. And the only way that you're going to get their voice down is if you have a perfect clarity, if you have perfect clarity on exactly whose voice you're finding and using. But I, I don't want you to feel like you have to lose your voice uh, in the pursuit of using your client's voice. Ideally, you're picking an ICA that you love talking to and working with and your voice naturally complements theirs. But on top of that, I I want you to be able to find a balance between using their voice and sharing your message, right? It's a crucial distinction. And later on in the series, we're going to talk more about how to not only mine your ICA, right? Really dig into it and get all of their juicy info from them directly to craft a really polished profile, 
that really allows you to kind of get the best content uh, and actually serve and help them better. But we're also going to dig into how to infuse your own voice into your brand and into your content and your messaging so that you don't get lost in your ICA's voice either. So I'm going to have plenty of more content coming out with some awesome special guests who are experts in these particular areas to layer on top of all of this stuff so that you're using your ICA in the best way possible and you're crafting an ICA that that literally runs your business for you. I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but like that's how important this, this piece is. But for now, we'll leave it at that because I just went over a ton of detail. And if you're someone who knows that uh, you need to craft a really clear, specific ICA still, you don't have a ton of clarity on that, this is a great place for you to pause, do some homework, and prioritize this over anything else. Um, But if you're also someone who's been struggling to book clients consistently or at all, and you're wondering why, my my best guess, uh, if even if I have no idea, I've never met you, we've never talked one-on-one about your situation specifically, chances are, like I'd say 90% chance that it's because you're not clear on your ICA and as a result, you're not crafting a message and a product that really speaks to that specific person that you want to help. So if those are some of the things that you're facing or if you're at this stage in your business where you need to reassess your ICA, then I'm super glad that I caught you now and I'm super excited to see what comes from this work and how this helps you. So if you're working through this, if this is something that you're going to do like this week, I would love for you to find me on Instagram. I'm there at Forza Collective, F-O-R-Z-A Collective, a little Italian for you. And uh, DM me, letting me know what parts are helping you the most you can even let me know if you're struggling with something or you need extra help. I would love to give you some coaching in the DMs and help you get super clear on your ICA so that you can make leaps and bounds of progress uh, than where you are now. Okay, so I think I've covered everything. I have been talking for quite a while. So uh, before I let you go, I just want to give you a huge big thank you for all of the people here listening who are also uh, part of the Coach Boss community on Facebook. We are an awesome growing community of new and aspiring coaches scaling to 100K. And if you're loving the learnings here, there is even more juicy goodness there. So find the Coach Boss Energy Group on Facebook. There's also going to be a link in the show notes here. Um, And let's continue the conversation. And if you're loving this podcast and feeling super compelled to leave an honest review, it would mean so much to me. I'd love you forever. Um, It really helps me reach more coaches who are in need of some support to scale their business to the next level. Um, So thank you from the bottom of my heart for all the support and love so far. And I cannot wait to put a face to the ears listening to this podcast over on Facebook. So I will catch you later. Bye for now. Have a good one.